Welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I'm sitting in a tour van outside Redgate in Vancouver on a nice sunny May day. I have three members of the band and we'll, we'll start here. Is it 36? <laughs> it is open to interpretation. It could be 36. It could be 36. It could be 36 or any number of things. So if you saw the text, it would be 36 question mark. But how do you say it? I just say 36. Got it. So now that we've got... <laughs> Now that we've got that out of the way, why don't we introduce ourselves so we know, so the audience knows who's talking. Uh, my name's Taylor. I, uh, I write the songs and I, I basically fill whatever gaps need to be filled live when the time comes to play. For detail, Taylor is sitting in the driver's seat of the van and in the back seat, I have two other band members. Uh, my name's Laura and I play the electric guitar and I also play the keyboard. My name is Carrie, and I play the bass Moog and two synthesizers as well as sing. Oh, yeah. I sing, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being on my show. I appreciate that. You guys drove from Calgary to Vancouver today. I heard maybe you took a stop in Golden. How about you tell me about the drive? Yeah. (laughs) So we we had a show in Golden a couple couple days ago, and uh, yeah, it was actually... We we left way later than we wanted to, and it, we, we left in a snowstorm, so we, it was a little stressful on the way up. But yeah, after like an hour, actually, once we got into the mountains, it all cleared up, and it was just nice and pretty landscapes. So you guys are a Calgary band. Vancouver and Calgary have kind of an interesting relationship in that they have kind of a rivalry, a connection. How about you explain that for people who don't understand? Hmm. I don't know. I've never, I've never felt like a particular uh, rivalry, but I also just like, I don't know. I just get, I just get going with whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like in, in Calgary, it's a lot more um, like everybody helps each other out. It's a lot of like community there. Whereas in Vancouver, it can be a little bit harder to get into the scene. But once you do get into the scene, then you can find that camaraderie. But. Um, you sound like somebody who has spent some time in Vancouver. No, but I have a lot of friends who've spent time in Vancouver, and I've, I was considering it for a while because Calgary, I don't think it gets enough attention compared to Vancouver bands. Like People just t- typically take Vancouver bands more seriously than they take Calgary bands, so a lot of Calgarians have thought about moving to Vancouver to try and like make things work, or Montreal or Toronto, right? Would you like to weigh in? I'm just, I'm just happy to be on tour. <laughs> I, I can't be in one place for too long at all. It's just like it feels, it feels good to be on the road. Why don't we listen to a song? I'm gonna play Vic. So how about somebody prepare the listener for the experience of hearing 36 question mark for the very first time? Vic is a song about uh, just about lost love and just uh, and just you know wish wishing someone who used to be a uh, big part of your life just like a a good a good goodbye and that they do well I guess you're chewing bubble gum with pop rocks in it and then the pop rocks start exploding at the exact same time that fireworks start showing up everywhere for no reason you don't know why it's happening all around you 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 didn't even know you were in a zone of fireworks but they're everywhere and then some guy on a horse comes by and he's just like hey stranger you want to hop on so you hop on the horse 
<laughs> okay, that's that's great. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. That was some great improv. Thank you. Welcome back to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Vic by a band called 36. I heard Taylor say about this song that he has always found it strange the many ways in which people move on from a broken heart. Taylor, how would you like to expand on that for us? I just, uh, I find there's a lot of like, I, I find a lot of, a lot of times people 
enforce distance in that kind of a situation and i and i've i've just never felt the need to maybe maybe i just haven't been hurt enough but uh i've always just kind of felt like the uh after heartbreak i'm i'm still i still love the person and they they still offer all all of the same things that they once did in my life so the idea of losing that person as like a as a friend or losing that person just from my life because of like because of like too much feelings doesn't seem like a worth like it's worth it the loss I guess and uh and I think I find like I feel like that's kind of the norm is to like just distance yourself a lot of the time I think that's just that seems weird to me but yeah does anybody in the back want to weigh in on this song it makes me cry <laughs> when I think about what it really means you know um it's really it's a beautiful sentiment that you have the idea that like love shouldn't be it shouldn't last just as long as a commitment does you know it should last as long as love lasts which is forever if it really if it was there in the first place it it's usually there forever you know so it's nice to keep keep in touch with people that you love all right so the project 36 started back in 2006 and i read this was as a way to deal with anxiety issues and add medication so you want to tell people a little bit about that um so uh essentially the the band started in just like the height of like a a uh, a lot of uh just like me being over prescribed with add medication and and just not not really realizing that that was the case so I and so I and by the time that the band kind of started or like this project kind of started to become a thing in my life I was I was on like like five or six times the dosage of daily ADD medication that I'd started with like a year ago and um so I basically never slept and I'd, I'd be like like hallucinating delusions on a on like a on like a daily basis and like was supercharged in all of my emotions and like really really upset but also like really efficient because I'm on ADD medication so obviously I'm I'm still really good at getting things done so it was like it was kind of like the perfect cocktail for me to just like come into my own as an artist because I was like supercharged emotionally and as well as just like ready to get stuff done. So here's the thing, Taylor. Not everybody has been on ADD medication. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Um, it's kind of like, like at a at a baseline level, it kind of just feels like. For me, it was like if I was ha- if I was able to have a cup of coffee that was like extremely potent, but didn't make me feel like jittery or like give me anxiety um and then like that just like pumped up to the extreme ended up putting me in a pretty messed up headspace but um but yeah it, it it's like it's pretty like pretty well like guaranteed results because of just being like a just because of what it is it's it's just it's like an extreme stimulant um so it's really good at g- 
getting at getting you to get things done. I just found that like the the side effects were like really just not great for my mental health and uh, just emotionally taxing. And I, I'd had I had all kinds of just like wild experiences that would that were just so outside of reality, but like so real to me. And also just like knowing that uh, or, or not knowing that it was the drugs at the time. So I, I just figured that like, eat, like I had like crazy ghosts haunting my house or I had like weird, I had this weird apparition every single night where I get like sleep paralysis and then I'd, I'd come out of it and there'd be this like floating kind of insect like angel thing floating above my bed and, and just like, and that would just like fade into darkness and then I'd try to go back to sleep. So was the insect angel benevolent or malevolent um i kind of like it was kind of just it seemed like it was kind of neutral like it it was just it was just kind of like some otherworldly being that was just kind of observing me is what it felt like it didn't necessarily feel like scary or it was just kind of like whoa that's that's really messed up but it wasn't necessarily like oh i'm gonna get killed by this thing or like oh this thing is here to protect me it kind of after a while became like a became a comfort of like this is what I this is what I experience whenever I'm coming out of sleep paralysis because sleep paralysis is pretty rough and like you feel like you can't breathe and you can't move um but so it, it became it ended up becoming like something that I kind of had a fondness for but so that's how this project began in 2006 Hopefully, you've balanced out your medications, so they're working a little bit better for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, I had an experience in uh, in 2007 or 2008. I, I can't really remember. Because like, also, like, that it just kind of wiped a lot of my, like, memories from when I was um, in high school. I don't really remember very much because of just it being so intense. I, I don't know. It just kind of didn't... I feel like I was in a fighter... Uh, fight or flight state like almost all the time so I didn't really like create memories because of being in that kind of uh, state so it's kind of it's hard for me to kind of recollect things that weren't really really intense um, yeah. but things have balanced out now but yeah and and so event, I had this experience where like I had this like really really wild out of body experience where my whole world just kind of like exploded into like crazy psychedelic kind of like it, it, it was like I was uh, it was like my vision was like a stained glass window and it just kind of like shattered and and I, I, I like was out of reality and it was just like loud noise and then I just I like came to just like kind of shaking on my bed and then at, at that point I was like okay well this is either med- because of the medication or it's because of like me having serious like something really serious happening with my brain so I decided to go off medication and like I went and the, like the next day I went to see that movie Disturbia. Someone in the back up. is gonna roll down a window and I think that's an extremely good call. <laughs> it's so hot here. It's very sweaty. Yeah. You open that one too? Yeah so I, I, I went to it I went to that movie Disturbia. Thank you. With Shia, you know that movie Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf? Yeah so I went to see that and I like vomited all the popcorn that I 
eight at, during the movie, and that was like it was. I think that which was like I think my like withdrawal uh, from it, and then uh, and then I was just like good for like after that. <laughs> One big vomit was all you needed. <laughs> all right, so the project thirty six. The project started in 2006. It's 2019 now. So I wanted to ask you, what does the project mean to you now, given its origin? Okay, well, yeah, so it's, it's kind of just been an, an evolving thing, like, throughout then. Like, uh, like, around 2014 was when I first got, like, a real band and, like, um, like, uh, and uh, we just, and... And that like completely changed the sound. Like uh, all the all the the guys in the band, which who aren't here now, but have have been with me for a, a while, or like basically since 2014. And uh, and that like definitely like added to the sound and created a like opened it up, you know, and like which required a bit of like me surrendering a surrendering a bit of creative control which i think is is important for growth i think but uh yeah it's just kind of just been music has always just been an ever-evolving thing for me like yeah i don't know it just seems like it's moving and i I don't know if there's a direction or not (laughs) well let's hear some of that musical direction. I want to hear a track. Let's play I Think My Dog Knows I'm High. How about we get the band in the back to talk a little bit about the song before we hear it? This is possibly one of my favorite songs to play live because I'm playing the keyboard and the electric guitar and I'm kind of like playing a chord on the guitar and then I let it feed back while I play like a seventh on the keyboard broken and and uh, Taylor always gets me to make it go like so it's got to sound kind of like I don't know like it's not it's not fully together it almost sounds like it's falling apart um the whole time but this song is so fun to play live um and to yell the part where you put your dog outside i love that part (laughs) live to sing that is so good because everybody's like yeah and then starts dancing to it it's super punk rock Uh, this is one of also my one of my favorite songs to play, just because this is the one song where I really utilize all three synths that I'm playing. Because um, first during the chorus it's like really really fun, and then it slows down a little bit during the verses, where I get to p- utilize every single one of my pianos at the same time using the pedals that I have to sustain notes and play the other piano at the same time. Where in other songs I usually have like a little bit of time between using each uh, piece instrument. But in this song, I get to use them all at the same time, which is really fun. And then there's a noise section, which um, all of us get really, really into. And we all, like, vibe. I think my favorite part is watching Taylor and waiting for him to give us this uh, little cue where we all come in again, which uh, nobody ever expects it. It's really fun. (laughs) It's really fun. And it's, like, just a really great way to end off the song. And, yeah, I really love it. Since the summertime I've been staying up through the night I have 
gotten used to seeing sunshine. The sunrise I don't know if I've lost my mind I feel ready to go But I'm so tired My head cannot slow down the tide I can feel the tension in my jawline I just need a smoke to unwind I can't take it, I can't stop I put my the interview show this is scott wood your host you just heard the track i think my dog knows i'm high off the record milk mountain by a band called 36 i have three members of the band here in the tour van with me we've opened up the windows so it's not as sweaty as it used to be why don't we pardon it's a little bit louder in here though (laughs) it is a little bit louder but we can be louder too so my next question stefan from the band pop does everybody know the band pop None of us know the band. None of us know them. They're kind of a big Canadian punk band. Anyways, he was saying that he thinks the most compelling artists are usually trying to figure themselves out by figuring out what's wrong with them by writing music. So I wanted to get your guys' take on that. While you guys take a moment to think, I'm going to take a sip of my drink. Um, this is 
like I'm a songwriter as well and in my own project that's what I find that I do all the time yeah yeah so my song my songwriting project is just my own name which is Laura Hickley and it's uh, pretty obvious in all the lyrics that all I'm doing is trying to figure out my own life direction and <laughs> what to do next and even now on this tour which I'm I'm on this tour as well with 36 we're kind of a team right now Taylor and Carrie are both in my band as well and uh, so they kind of know all the lyrics to the songs too but even as I have all of this amazing stuff happening right now I'm still trying to figure out like how can I improve as a person and like did I say that wrong and like uh, like there's just so much self-doubt and self-hatred that comes along with just being an artist there's a lot of self-critique that happens all the time and I can't agree more with that statement but I also find that as soon as I get it out in music it's out of my body and I don't have to worry about it anymore but sometimes the hardest part is just kind of getting like getting to that point where it's clear in your head exactly what you think is wrong with yourself and Mm -hmm. then getting to a point where you realize like what exactly you can do to to like ease yourself out of that and realize that that's actually not something that's crippling to who you are but it's something you can move on from. I also write some music. I haven't really released a lot of stuff. It's been hard now that I'm on tour because I'm working with two other projects so I can't really work on my own stuff but I do find when I am writing I feel this need to like put something out there that other people are going to relate with and so whenever I start writing I have this little bit of time where I struggle to put what I really want to put out there because I have this fear of people not liking it but I always end up just writing whatever I'm feeling even if it feels cheesy to me Um, and when I listen to whatever I've made a couple hours later I can feel those lyrics speaking back to me and I realize that it's not about how other people perceive it it's about like exactly how I feel about it and how it makes me feel Mm -hmm. it's like a really good way to release it's just like writing in your diary um just getting it out there nice thanks guys do you want to bring it home yeah well I, th- I think that like music is such a is is like a just just a really great way of like just exploring those kinds of like feelings of self-doubt and self-hatred because you can you can do it in a way like like it, it, it's cathartic but and and you can do it in a way that's like really abstract like you can like you can you know it's a way of communicating something that like you don't really fully understand like I think people don't like it's it a lot of like the feelings that come along with like self-doubt and self-hatred just have to do with just like how ambiguous life can be and how and like I think that music is a great way of exploring that ambiguity because like it is like like sound is something that that it just is like an interesting like abstract way of exploration so i don't know i think it's time to play another song i want to play my favorite song of the project 36 the song is so what and i'm gonna play the piano version so i'd love you to talk about the original version and then we can talk a little bit about the piano version um, so the original version was just of, uh, it just like, yeah, just kind of, it, it was just one of those songs that just came together, like I, it was, it was one of those just feeling inspired sitting down at the computer, because like the way that I'll usually write music is all like, all like, uh, um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll like sit down in the studio and like figure out like the entire structure of the song and then and then like make a demo myself and then send it off to the to the band and for everyone to interpret and like and really bring to life and uh yeah the, the writing process of this song was the was like just a, a, it happened in a few hours like it, it just it just all kind of just flowed out really really nicely and so why this song why did you decide to make a piano version of this song um well i've actually recorded like a a just like a stripped down piano version of a lot of the songs on the record and this one just felt like it stood out um it felt like this song like the the lyrics are are uh kind of uh uh, a bit of juxtaposition with like the 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 punk rock version of it, whereas like you don't you don't really hear like just kind of how depressing the lyrics are I guess in the in like the more like kind of uppity version of it, which is I kind of like about that. But like it it really allows the song to breathe and like to kind of like for to be able to felt feel like the actual meaning of the of the song in the in like the piano version because it's like it's so much more about like the feeling and the lyrics and the and just like that feeling of being depressed and alone I guess I don't know how this will unfold So stoned Catacomb 
I'm just a big black hole I better sort myself out I'm just a stain on the world I better kick myself out I better just get lost so So 
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track So What? The piano version by a band called 36. I have three members of the band sweating with me a little bit in the tour van on a sunny day in Vancouver. We just heard my favorite track from the band 36, and I'd love to get the band members in the back to talk about the piano version. Um, so I was there when this piano version was recorded. We, uh, we walked in the freezing cold to our friend Luke's house, and we were going to take some videos of Taylor playing some of the songs acoustically. So we went up to the this super, it's kind of out of tune piano that's just chilling in our friend Luke's house. And it was, uh, the, the room was filled with all of this random stuff and like paintings everywhere. And we moved around a whole bunch of things to make like the perfect scene to film this on my crappy like 90s video camera. And then he set up um, just like a, like a mic on our the broken mic stand it broke we were all really hungry too and it was just there was a lot of things that were happening that kind of made us in a mood of like oh this is kind of frustrating but then he started playing so what and all of the frustration of the day just melted away into the performance and I could see that that the music had just totally taken out uh, it had just taken all the stress from within and translated itself into music and I kind of watched him get healed while he was playing it it made me cry honestly it was a really beautiful performance we were like that's the one <laughs> that was a really nice thing to say <laughs> yeah it was yeah I don't know what else to say that was, that was good <laughs> we'll shift gears then so in your artistic statement for this record you said I feel like crazy is not something I will ever grow out of but rather grow into with clearer intent I'd love to hear more about clearer intent yeah so I think that like um, I think that like there was a lot of uh, kind of stigma about like uh, mental health and like just like and perspective in, in, in a way of just like that it it needs to be like you should think a certain way about about stuff or like like or, or there there's there's proper ways to react to things or, or like stuff like that and I think that that's kind of like that's just like not I, I don't think that's very genuine and, and I think that like everyone has like things about themselves that are are like not that don't fall into line with like the the norm and I think that just like being an artist is like an incredible gift because like you have the ability to explore those kinds of feelings in a way that like can be like palatable for for others it's a way of like exploring the feelings that everyone has that like no one likes to talk about but in a way that like can be digestible and like is isn't that doesn't like put people off you know <laughs> I agree with you I'd love to hear about another artist that you admire who's gone down that path um and guys in the back feel free to chime in <laughs> okay thank you how about you take a moment to think and I will take a sip of my drink <laughs> 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 the whitest rapper alive. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I, look, I can only imagine, dude, you're sitting in wherever you sit, when you're chilling out, you're listening to a whole bunch of records. You must know the stories of the guys or women or male or female artists that you admire. And there must be a couple that have gone down the path that you want to go down or gone down a path similar to one that you wanted to or want to go down. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I really ad- admire uh, Daniel Johnston. For those who don't know, you're going to have to explain who that is. <laughs> Daniel Johnston is, uh, he's, a, he's a really, like, interesting um, guy who basically, like, got his, he got famous by just, like, by just kind of, like, he, he would record, he would record uh, his full record directly onto tape go to like a radio station or like a news person or like some sort of publication or or like just a- anywhere where he thought like someone would be able to help him out and like give them the tape then go back home re-record the entire thing onto a new tape and do and he did that like over and over and over and over again and um he really he like got a big his big break by like crashing and like this MTV party and like came on like literally like just like came like walked into an interview and just like like just started promoting his his record he had like really debilitating uh schizophrenia um and which like caused a lot of problems for him as like just just being able to like have a sustainable career as an artist he also had parents that were like (laughs) <laughs> extremely uh just like extremely conservative re- religious and um just like did not support him in his artistic endeavors at all and uh and so he had like a lot of a lot of barriers that he had to that he had to like just get past why do you admire this guy because he makes very very genuine music because the music that he makes is like it's like so off the cuff and like it, everything that he does feels very like it is that moment in time that he and he was like he's 100% feeling it which is like in the in the like I don't know in the era we're in where like you you when you put a record out it's like you've done like your your vocal take is a is a mix and match of like 20 different vocal takes and like every single like instrument is recorded to be like picture perfect it's like I feel like a lot of that is is lost and uh and yeah just I I don't he just he just never did that he just always just like it was like off the cuff and he record he would record stuff just direct to tape all the time and like and like he'd record like he he has like a bunch of songs on his first album that he recorded on like a pipe organ and or on like a pump organ. You can hear his feet like going like this, like keeping. And it's it's just like I don't know. Everything about it is. I what I really admire in an artist is is like if it if the art feels genuine, I'm gonna love it. And and it it doesn't matter what the genre is or what like who the or like what you know like it it, nothing matters more to me than like just like in art than if it's genuine yeah I also admire him uh, Daniel because of the fact that he just pursued his dreams there was nothing else in the world that he wanted more than to just 
play music and share it with people. And he probably was scared. That would be terrifying to do that, to just walk up to a in an interview and then and just start promoting yourself. Self-promotion is really hard. <laughs> it can be a terrifying thing to do, but he just did that despite all of the things that maybe he had going against him. Like, I know that he also grew up in a really religious family, too. Yeah. And, um, and then with schizophrenia, you were saying something about how he, uh, he thought that, like, he was possessed by demons and yeah. stuff. And uh, still managed, still managed to, to work for what he loved that's just something we we obviously admire as that's something that all three of us just did all of us just quit our jobs and all of us just decided to to cancel our cell phones and buy one cell phone for one of us to share the data plan on and uh, all of us just moved into this van and are living here and sleeping in this one tiny double bed in the back and it's the best thing that any of us have ever done <laughs> and it's a hundred percent like doable for anybody who wants to do it it's just just do it you know? wow guys that's awesome so i wanted to play an older track right now i was going to play the first track in the 36 project but we don't have to what do you guys think oh I, what song were you gonna were you gonna play i was gonna play the song so what if i feel like bondage <laughs> okay, yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> why do you think I chose that song to play? <laughs> um, well, I think, uh, I don't know. Why, just, why did you choose it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I chose it because I wanted to compare and contrast where you guys are with Milk Mountain with the very first song that you guys wrote, or you wrote, yeah. I guess, I'll say it that way. And um, you said about this song, it's hilarious. That it's a sadomasochistic spaz punk song about sexually dominant alt girls. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I was really, uh, I was, I had a, yeah. That would, that, have you heard this? Um, honestly, he showed me some of his old music once, and I was like, um, <laughs> is that appropriate to have on Spotify? <laughs> Should you take that down? Oh wait, no, this is something Wait, I should show I should can we show them this? They've never heard it? I don't think I have not heard it. No, I have I haven't heard this song. I have definitely read the title and kind of like skipped past it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely haven't heard this one. Alright. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy as you guys get to hear this song. Okay. Do you know where the are the keys over there somewhere? Yeah. I hid them because we've been drinking in the band. Okay. You wanted you wanted alternate alternative girls I to really loved, tie I you really up. I really just wanted like a scene girl to just like just like go buck wild on me. You know, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do that? I could do that. I, it's, I've always wanted to do that to somebody. You could dress up and everything. Yeah, I could just do we, heavy makeup. Yeah, we got black lipstick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go, ready? 
fishnet jewelry and she'll strike you down like cyanide. She's got 36 boyfriends on prepackaged cruelty that'll fuck your mind. Right in time. And my kind of girl's all dressed in black. With a chest of black backpack on her back. By beating up on other girls She's so sweet with the world she She's got a tough time controlling her rage She never listens to a single word I ever said She's got a psychomatic drill Bitch, out of my head Spin around, spin around, spin around the place Spin around, spin around, spin around the place You got a sick man on the pavement You got a vision, but if you're the heart to pay Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Laura and Carrie in the band 36 have just heard the first song written by Taylor as 36. And that song is So What If I Feel Like Bondage. And now I'm going to get their reaction after hearing that song for the first time. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, this honestly, I can see the like MSI influence for sure like did you hear that that was uh and the ADD for mix. people who don't know msi yeah is uh, an insane band no mindless self-indulgence that they're insane like <laughs> you can hear it in like all of your your double kicks and the the just insane noise and and your vocals just i just like wow you had a lot of angst <laughs> yeah i feel like he was really letting loose in that one. Like, there was no holding back. Yeah. He was just putting himself on the table and seeing how people would take it. Yeah. And he did not give any hex. I've seen Taylor in this mode every once in a while, like when we get too tired or uh, if we've had just too much coffee. It's just like he, he, he is that person. That person is still in there. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, kind of, it's compressed now. But every once in a while, if you're, like, close to him, you'll see that person. (laughs) I can't believe it's, like, forever immortalized in a song. (laughs) So how and why did you keep this a secret from these guys for so long? (laughs) It just kind of never came up, you know. (laughs) So it's on there. It's on the internet. Wait. Is this the record that has you with dreadlocks on it? No. No. That's a different one. That's before that time. That's the secret you should have kept. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so 
That song, suffice it to say, is not in the live set. No. no. <laughs> now, oh. I could maybe get into it though. <laughs> yeah. You know, straight up, that would be really fun. Yeah, that would be, be fun. fun. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the kind of show that we wouldn't want to play on one of those, like, we just drove eight hours and played one of my sets, and now we're going to play 36, and this is on that set. I'd probably be like, I'm going to die during this song. <laughs> but, like, if that was, like, tonight, hell yeah, we could play that song. <laughs> I think it would be a good fit for, like, a sweaty house party show, like, in a basement. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to leave that with you to plan out, but I think, I think you're on the right road to creating that song again. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much for sitting and sweating with me in this tour van for a while, and thank you for inviting me into your home. That was very sweet of you guys. I appreciate that. I've got one last question. So, the record, Milk Mountain, it comes out on May 10th. It is not May 10th yet, so tonight you're going to be playing songs for an audience. You're going to be playing songs that people have not heard for a new audience. I want to know, what's that like for a band? Uh, it's been going really well, honestly. Like, uh, uh, we've... Uh, come on, come on. i got to push back. That's kind of the canned answer. I'm not, I'm not asking you to say it went badly, but, like, what's it like to write songs, put money into create songs, put money into living in a van and driving out to Vancouver? This audience is going to meet you not knowing really who you are and what you've done. People are so into it, it it honestly doesn't matter whether or not the music is out. They're stoked. And then when we tell them, oh yeah, by the way, we're playing songs off of the new album that only you can buy because we have the physical vinyl with us because we already have that because Taylor already got that done. So they're like stoked because they feel like they're part of a secret club, you know? I feel like I'm part of a secret club, honestly. (laughs) I think the amount of fun that we have on stage really brings life to it too it's people don't even need to know what they're about to hear they just it's more of like an experience you know something that they only get to experience this one time for the first time yeah it seems like uh it seems like there's always like it's like like the first 30 seconds people are like and then like people like and then and then there's just like one person that's like okay (laughs) <laughs> and then like gets into it and then everyone else sees the one person get into it and they're like alright sure sure there <laughs> well yeah there was we just played in Golden the other day and that, that one golfer guy just randomly you guys have to explain what Golden is for people who don't know Golden's this like tiny little town on the way to Vancouver that mm-hmm. it's like it, a pit stop yeah it's like a pit stop that we didn't expect to be this awesome but it was so good there were so many people that showed up uh-huh. and uh, they were all really stoked on the music but this one guy walked in and he was just a golfer on a golf tournament and he was like oh all my golfing buddies went to bed because they're old but like I'm gonna go out and party so he went out and he like walked to the venue and he walked in and he saw us playing sell you love which is one of the most messed up songs on the record. <laughs> and he was like, this is insane. I love this. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think Carrie's right. Like, the energy really brings people in. Yeah. I think, actually, when we play Sell Your Love, that's when people really get into it because it's like the juxtaposition between the first couple songs we play. It's like, it's like groovy, you know, it's, it's going well. And then like suddenly you see the fucked up side. Oh, my bad. Sorry. You can leave that. <laughs> you see the messed up side and people are like, damn, these people are really like putting themselves out there. And I think people really vibe with that. All right, Taylor, do you want the last word? No. <laughs> fine with me at the end of the show i let the guest pick the last song that 
the audience gets to hear. So, what song should I play? Off the record, Milk Mountain. What do you think? I'm going to take a sip of my drink while you guys confer. I kind of think Sell You Love. Okay. What is it? It's Sell You Love. Sell You Love, Rip You Off. Yeah. Rip It Off. <laughs> and guys, why did you choose this song for the audience to hear? This is our mo. This is this is probably my favorite like song on record, and it's uh, it's just I don't know. It's just something I'm really stoked on. <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> There's power tools in this song. Mm-hmm. I think it's the song that we get the most into. <laughs> guys, thank you very much. For being on my show. Thank you for having us. Bye.
this is Laura Hickley from 36 and Laura Hickley and you're listening to the interview show by Scott Wood. Hi, this is Carrie from 36 and Laura Hickley and you're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. <laughs> Not sure why you laughed at the end. Is it by Scott Wood? It's, it's probably with Scott Wood. Let's <laughs> try it again. Should I try again? Hi, this is Carrie. Do I say my full name? <laughs> if you want to. Okay. Hi, this is Carrie Hickley. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> okay, should I redo mine? What's my okay, number? try again. I Wait, need to I'm going to do first. Okay. Hey, this is Laura Hickley from the band 36, as well as my own project, Laura Hickley, and you're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. You nailed it, Laura. Hi, this is Carrie Hickley with... Uh, Sixty-three. <laughs> Sixty-three. No, okay, let me go again. <laughs> you want to No. Hi, this is Carrie Hickley, and I'm a part of Thirty Six as well as Laura Hickley, and you are listening to the. <laughs> I can't. This is so funny. I feel like the person from the the buttery crispy flaky bread. Try it again. Okay. What am I saying? Okay. You're saying, hi, my name is, I'm in this band and that band, and you're listening to the interview show with, with Scott Wood. With Scott Wood. Or yeah. by Scott Wood or at by. this point. It's all good. Okay. <laughs> hi, this is Carrie Hickley. I'm with 36 and Laura Hickley, and you are listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. Hey, this is Taylor Cochran, and you're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood. You didn't say what your project is. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Taylor Cochran from 36, and you're listening to the interview show with Scott Wood.